1: Hello, friends of the podcast, and welcome all of our new listeners, everyone in Whoville. This is Rotten Tomatoes is Wrong. I'm Mark Ellis, stand-up comic and Rotten Tomatoes correspondent.
2: And I'm Jacqueline Coley. I'm an editor at Rotten Tomatoes, where I cover independent film and awards.
1: Well, Jacqueline, this movie is by no stretch of the imagination an independent feature. It did actually win some awards, some very painful awards, if you ask the star of the film, and that is... It's the season of giving how the Grinch stole Christmas. This is the Jim Carrey live action film directed by Ron Howard. It's rotten at 49%. And get this, it has a rotten audience score as well. It's fresh adjacent. It's 56%. So the question, Jacqueline, we have a great guest today, but before we get to any of that other stuff, is rotten tomatoes wrong about the score of how the Grinch stole Christmas?
2: Yes. I think this has been the first time in a minute that I'm like, Rotten Tomatoes is wrong. But yeah, we wrong. We wrong. (laughs) I I loved watching this movie so much. It is so meta. It is so smart. It is way smarter than people think. And just give me even the movie of Jim Carrey talking to the dog. That dog, there needs to be dog Oscars if there aren't. And that dog should get a lifetime achievement. I loved Max so much.
1: I would watch the dog Oscars over the real Oscars uh, for most years. Just do like a Westminster dog show for dog actors. Now, I do actually have a very tantalizing tidbit that I'll tease everyone with about the dog in the movie. But before we get to that, I can't just give you the gold up top. I got to acknowledge that, Jacqueline, I put this movie on. And when I initially saw it, I was like, I I don't like this movie. I don't know what I was expecting. Don't like the movie. I had it as rotten. So I rewatched it last night. And... I think it's still rotten, but, but my heart did grow at least one size watching it last night. So I'm gonna see. I'm I'm just gonna have the show and we're gonna find out if Mark still thinks that Rotten Tomatoes is right by the end of this podcast. To convince me otherwise is not only Jacqueline, but possibly our producer Lucy. Lucy, hello, good day. How the Grinch stole Christmas.
0: Good day to you all. I'm very excited. This is a, this is a film near and dear to my heart. So I can't wait to hear what y'all have to say. You better be
1: nice. This is what I hear from people, though. and it, it, uh, So here's the thing that I want today. I want to be convinced that this is a fresh movie other than, oh, well, it's my childhood or it's the movie my family watches every year for Christmas. Like I, I need to get out of that. And the favor I'll do everyone is I'm not just going to compare this to the Boris Karloff original. It's a totally different thing. you got to make a 90-minute live-action movie. To help us disseminate all of this information is a very special guest. He is a dear friend of mine, writer, director, producer actor. He makes you laugh. You know him from Blurreds in the Hood. He's the co-creator of that and the co-host of that podcast. And finally, he lands at Rotten Tomatoes is wrong. He is Winston Marshall. Winston A. Marshall. The A is for A+. Winston, <laughs> hello. you. For all of our listeners who's not watching this live stream on Peacock, Winston is wearing <laughs> a very festive seasonal sweater, and he has a Christmas tree lit up in the background. So I imagine you're ready for the holiday season. Oh, a thousand percent,
4: because if I'm going to do anything, I'm going to take your Grinchy behavior and show you why you're wrong. <laughs> I'm going to show you why Mark Ellis is wrong. That's that's what I'm actually here for. I mean, Rotten Tomatoes, that's, that's his own thing. I know that's the title of the show, but you, sir, you must be out your mind. This is This is a wonderful,
1: wonderful story, and I have so many reasons to prove to you why. Okay. It sounds like Winston is going to be on Jacqueline's team, but Jacqueline, can you give the folks a synopsis of this movie? What the hell? You take this Dr. Seuss poem and you make it into a 90 minute live action spectacular. What happens?
2: Let's take a a journey back to 2000 when Ron Howard took Mr. Jim Carrey fresh off of playing Andy Kaufman in Man on the Moon and said, you know what? We're gonna isolate you like Jack in The Shining and put you in a really uncomfortable uh, suit and makeup and make you play the Grinch, which is exactly what he did. This, of course, is the first live-action version of the Grinch story. The Who's of Whoville are just as into Christmas as they were in the cartoon and in the book. However, we expand things and learn much more about the book of Who and the Whoville people and why they love Christmas so much and why the Grinch hates it so much. We kind of figure out that maybe the Grinch is just a bit misunderstood, probably has a bit of social anxiety, and these Who people are just really, really (laughs) (laughs) commercialistic. As we all know, the Grinch figures out the true meaning of Christmas after he kidnaps all of the Whovilles' toys and goodies and Christmas bots and bows and he figures out that they still love christmas the faith hill song plays that's the movie
1: (laughs) i mean that's that's how every christmas movie should end is with faith hill and us realizing that oh no we were celebrating commercialism this whole time let's get back to the christmas spirit winston does this movie put you in the christmas spirit what i mean by that is simply is rotten tomatoes right or is rotten tomatoes wrong Rotten
4: Tomatoes is definitely wrong here because I'm going to get into my reasons of why this is such a glorious Christmas movie as we get deeper into this. But it literally takes a short synopsis of said thesis here. I'll give you my thesis statement. Uh, uh, Essentially, what's going on is you are taking the spirit and the meaning of Christmas and showing it to everybody by the time the movie is over. Because the problem is at the start of the film. Everybody as Jack, as Jackie, Jacqueline, I'm apologize. I don't know which I'm supposed to call you, girl. Uh, you, you take at the beginning of this everything that's wrong with Christmas and put it on full display. That's what all, what everybody in Whoville is about. By the time you get to the end of this, Everybody goes, man, you right, though. I don't need a PS5. I must be out my mind. I just need my mama and my daddy and my children. That's all that I really need. Maybe the girl that's had a crush on me her entire life. You know, she's finally over Tiffany's and she's down for me to just give her a ring pop. It's all good. You know what I mean? That's what the meaning of this movie is, Mark. And if you don't like that,
1: you got a problem. Okay, I can, I can enjoy the meaning of a movie without thinking the movie itself is a quality product. And Jacqueline, which I know not to call you Jackie, I will tell you this. Winston can say all the nice things he wants to about Christmas being about family and friends. He wants a PS5 for Christmas. Don't let Winston fool you. That man wants a PlayStation 5 more than he wants to see anybody. Not enough to sell my soul, Mark. How <laughs> dare you?
0: <laughs> I mean, Close. going Close. looking
2: at looking at the TikToks of people on a PS Five hunt. I don't know. I would do more for it than I than I care uh, would be willing to admit at this current point. Also, can I also point out this is another movie. Where the two black guests are, the two black people on the podcast are like going up against
4: Mark. (laughs) But see, and that's the other thing. I didn't want to give away my hand too early, but I'm going to tell you why this movie is fresh as hell. And it's especially fresh to black people that grew up around a large number of white people. Mm. It's literally, it's literally about an outsider. It's about a black dude in the suburbs and they all like, oh, what's up, man? Oh, you, you know, you know what I'm saying? You can't, you can't sit with us, that kind of thing and him just be like, you know what? I don't want to sit with y'all. So he goes off and he does his own thing and then finally one day they go, man he's just like us. I don't, why were we so rude in the first place? Like literally his love interest the whole time is like, I want to like you, but like, what are people going to think about me? This is essentially Christmas. Guess who's coming to dinner? That's why this is so good. (laughs) That's why this is so good. I'm trying to tell you, I just resonate with this Grinch and him acting out his own. That's all literally like, take that out. (laughs) Don't make it as Jim Carrey crazy. And instead make it like, yo dog, what's good? Like, you know, I'm trying to, I'm like feeling you, Martha May, like wasn't, she was like, um, oh my God, like I can't do that because if I do, then they're going to judge me. So I'm just going to go with this regular ass dude over here. Like that's, this is the girl the that dates
2: the brother on the other side of town, but doesn't tell dad. And, I can't, mm, I can't. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> By the way, I'm not with your analogy, but I will say as an anxious person, I'm, As the one person, I think, on the Rotten Tomatoes team, when we were like, okay, we're going to socially distance, we're going to be working from home, and everybody was, like, really sad and upset, I was doing mini victory laps in my apartment. (laughs) I was like, yes, I don't like people. I identify so much with the Grinch. Maybe it was, like, what Winston said is, like, an underlying Black thing, but for me personally, it was an underlying I don't like people thing. And I just, I felt every inch of it. And nine months into this, I'm not going to lie to you. I miss some of y'all. So.
1: <laughs> just I was some? the same way. I, I was the same. I, I don't know if that makes me Grinch at Jason. I don't know what that says about me. A white kid who didn't necessarily, I grew up on Air Force bases slash the suburbs. So I have a slightly different experience than what you would consider a Whoville experience. But There are people who love this movie, but there was a lot of critics at the time that just I don't think that they really grasped it, whether they weren't recognizing Winston's analogy in 2000 or what the case was. There was just some confusion, some some troubling aspects about the reviews of this movie. And for that, we go to our expert review curator here at Rotten Tomatoes, Tim Ryan, for his weekly segment. Tim, what were the folks saying about how the Grinch stole Christmas?
3: So in a previous episode, we talked about Home Alone 2 and how difficult it is to do uh, an animated style film with live actors. But I think the general consensus would be that if anyone could do it, it would be Jim Carrey. He's stepping in some big shoes doing arguably Dr. Seuss's most iconic character. The reviews for this movie were really split. It's at 49% with 142 reviews, and it also has this 56% audience score. So... Like I said, right down the middle on this one. And the opinions are pretty varied. What do the critics have to say? In a Rotten review, Wesley Morris of the San Francisco Examiner wrote how The Grinch Stole Christmas can't shake the fact that it was made on a soundstage and seems like the greatest mall installation ever. Airless and synthetic, like cardboard made to resemble candy. It's untouched by a single real feeling, just a lot of screws, nails, and plastic, unless you consider Jim Carrey's Tasmanian devil of a Grinch an emotional fellow. On the other hand, Jay Carr of the Boston Globe wrote an instant classic that will keep people streaming into multiplexes this year and for many more to come. So yeah, the reviews were really mixed on this one with a lot of critics who didn't like it were like, they really didn't like it. They thought it was manic, but it was also kind of dull and the setting was drab and the whole project was kind of mercenary because it was, you know, taking classic and sort of just making it live action without having a specific story to tell. But on the other hand, you had a bunch of critics who were like, well, it's not as necessarily as good as the cartoon, but Jim Carrey's performance is amazing. And they all predicted at the time that this was going to be a perennial Christmas classic. And so there you have it. The Who's down in Whoville don't care either way because they're singing songs and that's the true Christmas spirit. I mean, you you listen to what Tim's saying about the critics back in
1: the day watching this movie, and I do think that there was some inevitable comparisons to the original and the reason why this movie feels so bloated I don't think it's just because of the production values and all that stuff I think that it's genuinely because the Boris Karloff cartoon is so much shorter and we had to pump Mm. a whole lot more story and background and mythology into a 90 minute live action flick within the context of that flick I want to get into the scenes. What is Winston? You are a person who clearly loves this movie. So mm. let's talk about the specifics in this movie. What is the scene that jumps out to you as this is why this is a great Christmas movie? This is why this is a great film. I don't mean
4: to kind of cheat the system here, but it's a it's a tr- I would argue that the it's three scenes in tandem together. That kind of it's it's his initial love for uh, what what's her name, Martha May. And like the fact that he like goes out of his way to make this present and he wants to impress her. And he even is willing to shave because people are making fun of his beard and like the Grinches. Pay, you A know, little kid Grinch, like with the beard. I feel so bad for him, but he's like he's got the bag on his head and all that. And he's put the book in front of his face and all that stuff. And he's just trying to impress the girl that he loves and the whole of Whoville, or at least his elementary class clowns him to the point of hating everyone
3: Merry Christmas Martha May Why do you have a bag on your head? Probably because he's embarrassed by that idiot or (laughs) his
1: gift Mr. Grinch please take the bag
2: off
4: Then you have the the second version of that with the, like guess, like the, the, the cheermeister ceremony. And he shows up and he's trying to, like, he's thinking maybe people have finally accepted him. He shows up, he doesn't want to do it, but he does it anyway, and they clown him again, and he goes on a rampage. And then finally, at the end, like the big moment for me, he It clicks to him when they don't have their presence or anything anymore and he hears them and all of a sudden his heart starts to expand and he saves the present and he saves Cindy Lou Who and then he goes back down and has that moment of people are finally understanding what this season is all about and that they were wrong to treat him the way that he was and they give him, they get, they welcome him with open arms and Martha May even finally admits how she feels because it's very clear throughout the film that she she wants her some Grinch. That's all she has wanted this entire time. She she was thirsty for some Grinch cocoa, but everybody told her that she can't because she's got to live a gluten free life. And finally, she said, "I don't even care anymore. All right, I just want my Grinch cocoa." And that's kind of how it ends. She finally kicks oat uh, oat milk to the curb in Jeffrey Tambor and says, "Give me everything you got. I love you." And that's what it is. Like it's that it's that idea of being true to yourself and 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 being accepting of everyone. And that carries throughout, and I think, no, no pun intended, and I, I think that that's the thing that is so beautiful about it, is, is, is that. And, and you get Jim Carrey manic energy throughout to kind of carry you through. I'm a huge Mask and Ace Ventura fan, so I get that on top of a beautiful star. Oh my goodness.
1: I feel you with with the Jim Carrey stuff because uh, nobody was a bigger Jim Carrey fan than I. I mean, I I saw Ace Ventura and I talked like him much to the chagrin of my family for months (laughs) afterwards. And then there always seemed to be a new Jim Carrey movie coming out. So I was just pretty much doing an impression of whatever Jim Carrey character was there. And to see where he was in his career in the year 2000, you can see him pulling a little bit of Ace Ventura as the character. Mm -hmm. You can see some of Stanley Ipkiss. You can certainly see some of maybe less Andy Kaufman more Tony Clifton in mm. The Grinch. But the scene for me that encapsulates my confusion with this movie, which is really what it boils down to for me, is that I, I didn't hate watching it last night when I went back to revisit it. Mm. It was more that I always thought that Grinch was the clear villain who we just needed to soften up a little bit. We need to get his heart to grow. Here, there's the scene where the Grinch is kind of sneaking around Whoville, and he's looking to steal some presents, steal some other stuff, and he winds up in the mailroom, and Cindy Lou, who almost eats it, she almost gets killed in the mailroom, and he's willing to do it. He's like, all right, Max, we did our job. She's going to die. Let's get the hell out of here, but beat the traffic home. And Max, great dog that Max is, convinces the Grinch to, hey, dude, we're not going anywhere until you at least save this girl's life. And the Grinch is like, oh, fine.
0: in the hearts of the world, unite! Give
1: yeah. me that! Don't you know you're not supposed to take things that don't belong to you? What's the matter with you? You some kind of wild animal? Huh? Let's go. Thanks for saving me. <gasps> so I was rooting against the Grinch up to that moment. As soon as he rescues Cindy Lou, and yeah, he, he you know wraps her up and doesn't make her life much easier. He just makes it continue. I'm rooting for the Grinch in this movie, and immediately all of the Who's from that point on are cast as villains for me. So now it's like this weird backwards thing I'm watching where I am full sail, 100% rooting for the Grinch for the rest of the film, and I'm hating all of the Who's with the minor exception of Cindy Lou Who, who I will say that Taylor Momsen is great as Cindy Lou Who. And I just can't wrap my head around the fact that now I'm pulling for the Grinch But I hate the who's. Is this what Dr. Seuss had intended? And I'm still not sure about it, Jacqueline. I have no idea if I was supposed to be pulling for the villain, the antihero, whatever you want to call the Grinch for the bulk of this movie.
2: I don't know either. One thing I will say, though, let's talk about Dr. Seuss's wife because he, like, refused about adaptations, mm-hmm. especially live-action ones, until he died. And then she was, like, sa- signing off checks to anybody and everybody, especially the ones she <laughs> Well, that, that, that sounds a little
1: nefarious. <laughs>
2: Listen, she did. Like, this is the tea. I know. Mark, I know. Hoff, Mark Hoffmeyer, our researcher, gave the tea, so I'm going to spill it. So this sis, <laughs> after he was dead, was like, okay, we're gonna give you rights. We're gonna give you rights. We're gonna give you rights. And it all worked fairly well until Mike Myers came along and did the cat in the hat. And that's when she was like the person looking around at the destruction they created. Like, what did I do? Like, the dude at the, end of the river quad, the bridge on the river quai. What did I do? Yeah, that's, that's essentially oh what God. happened.
4: And Jack Jaclyn was in the
1: Wayback machine. I think listen, the Bridge on the River Kwai came out the same year as the original Grinch. That's how yes. old.
4: <laughs> hey.
2: I am the independent film and awards girl. Don't be mad that I Great go reference. there. Nobody's, n- nobody's mad that you reference ESPN, even though I don't understand. I'm <laughs> sorry.
4: <laughs> <Wow>.
2: <laughs> Listen, we all have what we bring to the table but i don't know so i i know that they changed it is what i'm saying and, and and according to them at this point they were still okay with the changes so i don't know how she felt particularly about the grinch but obviously it wasn't enough for them to be like no and honestly i'm not with you on cindy luhu i do not like that child Everything what? about her, I'm kind of done. What? She's just in business, and I don't <laughs> like. <laughs> I don't like little nosy children. First of all, like trying to like school people. Like, just go sit down, child. Like, she just seems to have too much extra and confidence. Like trying to school people. Go sit down and get opinions. And it's also. That girl was Jenny Humphreys on Gossip Girl. And every time I see her, I didn't like that character either. So I don't know. I'm not about Taylor Mopsin
1: or. Hey, I'm not going to... Cur- Winston, this is your job. Because I feel like Jacqueline's... I, I've already splintered the faction, the things... How the Grinch Stole no, Christmas no, no, is no, fresh. No no. no, 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 I'm
2: still on It's Fresh. But screw Cindy Lou Who. I, look, I,
4: I think I think why is because, Jacqueline, I, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming. Because what I found is the general... Uh, like black American experience has been that if you backtalk elders, you probably going to get not some coal, but like a treat of the face. You know what yep. I'm saying? So like, so like Cindy Lou out here in these streets talking about, man, y'all don't know about no Christmas. They're like, little girl, you better go sit yeah. down. Real yes. quick, grown folks is talking. That's essentially yep. why Jacqueline is, is resonating so hard, why she doesn't like Cindy Lou. But I think here's the thing. You know how a lot of black people will also say, out of the mouths of babes come words of wisdom? It's kind of that scenario where I think she's like, okay, I'm like, uh, you remember this, uh, was it this Christmas where Chris Brown decides to start talking back to his mama because he wants to sing? And she's like, mm. what did you say to me? But he was right. This is one of those moments where at for half a second, the town's like, little girl, if you don't be quiet, but she's like, but here are the reasons why I need y'all to pay attention. And all of a sudden they go, man, maybe she's right, though. Like I did just drop like our entire life savings on Christmas presents that nobody's going to use again in a month. When in actuality, what I should be doing is just hugging my family because we don't know when a pandemic could come. It could be in 20 years or so. That would be wild. So Mm -hmm. maybe we should just focus on family values and just being with each other. And I think that's the thing. I think very early on to talk about what Mark was talking about, how now all of a sudden I'm rooting for the Grinch. I think this has a very similar element to like Maleficent, where Mm -hmm. we've spent our entire life or wicked. We spent our entire life thinking, oh, this person in green is super evil. We shouldn't trust them. They're just out to rule the world to destroy everything. When in actuality, we realize the world has been horrible to them. And Mm. so this is just a byproduct of the world treating them badly. So now we get to see another angle.
1: Yeah, it's casting the villain that we all grew up trained to say that is the bad guy. And you give them a backstory and you make them a sympathetic character. And so it does throw us for a loop. And I would say that. I, I think that I can root for the Grinch more easily than I can someone like Maleficent for whatever reason. But, Jacqueline, if if you can't stand Cindy Lou Who, then I dare say a scene that you would use to support your argument that the movie's yeah. fresh would not be one that involves that little who child.
2: No. <laughs> you are correct, sir. I'm so not about her. But, no, there's a ton that I actually, like, love about this movie. Just off the get, though, everything with Christine Baranski. Every movie is made better with Christine Baranski. In my personal opinion, one of the reasons why Chicago won all those Oscars is because they put her in that one. Even though she's just a small character, she always eats up every single scene. So I love her. She plays the Grinch's love interest and the like uber Christmassy neighbor. And she like has like lightning vibrating. Like 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 it's very weird the way she puts her Christmas lights up because it, it's very sexual. Everything about her is sexual. <laughs> it is really horny for a kid's movie. And I love, love, love it there. <laughs> that scene where she is decorating and poor Molly Shannon, Cindy Lou, mom is looking at her like, oh, I want that. That is like the epitome of... That was Instagram FOMO before there was Instagram. I lived for that whole... I
1: love that point because... (laughs) And and you're talking to a guy who almost never sees like sexual innuendo in movies. Like like I I I never looked at the lightsabers in Star Wars as anything other than just swords you fight with. But watching Christine Baranski work that little bazooka gun that shoots lights, I was like, okay, that is some phallic energy right there.
2: Yes, I live for that one. And then also I just want to add to Jim Carrey... Talking to himself slash his dog, that just cut that down into a movie, Oscar winner, all across the board acting, Mm -hmm. costumes, digital. I love every time it's him and Max like the one where he's like debating whether he should go back to Whoville when they want to honor him as the the you know head cheer who or whatever and he's like mm, I got dinner with myself mm, I can't cancel that again who does that who is able to make that it is like Robin Williams playing the genie is how brilliant this portrayal is it like uses every inch of physical and like meta comedy that Jim Carrey can do and I, my opinion like I know I got a lot of hate about Ace Ventura, but this is the Jim Carrey rule.
1: Inviting me down now on such short notice,
4: even if I wanted to go, my schedule wouldn't allow it. Four o'clock,
1: wallow in self-pity. 4.30, stare into the abyss. Five o'clock, solve world hunger. Tell no one. 5.30, jazzercise. 6.30, dinner with me. I can't cancel that again.
4: Seven o'clock, wrestle with myself loathing. I'm booked. Of course, if I want the loathing to nine, I could still be done in time to lay in bed, stare at the ceiling and
1: slip slowly into madness. But what would I wear?
2: This is like his thing when I personally think that you should think of him. Thinking of him in Ace Ventura is like saying your favorite uh, Robin Williams performance is Good Will Hunting. It's great, but no.
1: Yeah, it's... Winston, when I watch... How the Grinch Stole Christmas I I'm very aware that it came along at a point in Jim Carrey's career where there was a transitional aspect where it seemed like he was moving into more dramatic roles mm-hmm. and this one you know he now when he when he pops in on SNL I guess before he was doing Joe Biden he would do like a sketch where it's like all of his previous characters past would all just walk into a room and they'd all be interacting with each other and this seemed like almost like a graduation ceremony for him because he gets to channel all of those comedic elements from his past mm-hmm. Maybe one last time, albeit in nine hours worth of makeup on top. But it's like, hey, I did that. Now I'm going to go win a bunch of Oscars, which he has yet to do, even though I think he's probably earned at least a few nominations. Mm -hmm. So I I am transfixed by his performance. I think that's one of the things that upon rewatching the movie more recently, I came to appreciate because I'm just not sure what I was expecting from. The guy from Dumb and Dumber in the mask, like you said, mm-hmm. in The Grinch. But it wasn't what I thought I was going to get. It, it I was opening a present in 2000 and I'm just not sure it was bad, but I'm also certain it was different than I thought it would be.
4: I mean, I think what what we got here is we got a true blending of all of his roles up to this point. Like I felt vibes of like Truman mixed with like the Riddler thrown in with some Ace Ventura. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was it was literally some weird fusion of the three which worked perfectly because let's think about it if you're going to be that evil and that self-obsessed quote unquote d- you kind of need to be able to tap into it. So, like the fact that he's talking to himself or his dog, that makes sense. He's been in isolation since he was a child. So that's that. That's that Truman element of him questioning life and like what's real, what's not. You need to be able to do that. The evil side of it, you're tapping into, um, you know, the Riddler who, who really just wants to create case like so chaos, including getting used to being in that green, you know, color scheme and whatnot. And then you have the elements of Ace Ventura of just his craziest voices and faces because, you know, he spends that whole time trying to scare Cindy Lou who thinks it's hilarious. So I think that that's what was so beautiful about this. And, and I, I think about roles like this that have come, for other actors in that regard, this is the kind of stuff that makes us think of Jim Carrey and kind of put like, even though this was shown as rotten from the audience and from, you know, critics, this is a situation where we're getting to see this evolution of him continue to go. And it only gave us, you know, greater and greater performances out of him, including, you know, uh, uh, Eternal Sunshine and, um you know, uh, even Sonic the Hedgehog as of 2020. Like, I feel like you were joking about he still hasn't got that Oscar. Well, since we didn't really get movies this year, the, he may get it for Dr. Robotnik, which give is him ridiculous. A nomination. Give but, uh, him the give Best him
1: Supporting the- Actor nomination. I thought he earned it for I Love You, Philip Morris. I mean, he's been right. great, and he's been able to show comedy and drama. And you, you do get a little bit of hints in that. And uh, Jacqueline, to paraphrase you, getting away from the Jim Carrey of it all, you at heart, I know, are a theater kid. And so is it fair of me to categorize this movie as catnip for theater kids because you have all these huge set pieces and you have these... Yeah elaborate costumes. To me, it oddly felt lifeless in Whoville. And maybe that was the point. Maybe now that I'm thinking about it, it was the point that it was supposed to feel over-commercialized and over-produced. Not lifeless,
2: soulless. That's what I think they're trying to do at the beginning. Okay. It's not lifeless, it's soulless. Like There's okay. no real emotion and love behind this. They're just doing it because it's what you have to do. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like You know what I'm saying? Like It's not really about... The, the heart growing and and doing things because we love each other. It's like, well, no, it's Christmas and we have to decorate. We have to run around like complete mm-hmm. crazy people because that's what we just have to do. And we have to be on, you know, it, it's, again, this is the Instagram movie before Instagram because mm-hmm. that's why people do that stuff now. It's like, oh, well, I just need this for the gram.
1: What? Right. <laughs> you know? But the backstory of the Grinch is the thing that struck me because I totally forgot that we see a little kid Grinch in this. But it, it was necessary And I'll give Ron Howard and the, you know, um, whoever was adapting this into a live action feature length film, I give them the credit for realizing that we needed to inject the Grinch's history into this story to tell it properly. But in doing so, it seemed to lose the original edge of How the Grinch Stole Christmas from Dr. Seuss, from Boris Karloff, that now it made him so much of a sympathetic character. I think maybe the pendulum swung too much the other way, because as soon as you see that little kid Grinch, it's like any movie where you see a kid being bullied. You just want to reach through the screen and just, sorry, beat the crap out of all of those little who kids. I want to go pants and wedgie and swirly every one of those kids. I want them... From their underwear on a basketball hoop because they deserve that. And it just made me pull so hard for the Grinch that now I have somebody to root for. But I'm also not sure I'm still in the spirit of what this movie is.
4: But I I think that that's where you get the spirit of this movie. Remember, like you said at the start of this, that it's soulless. And that's because everybody is obsessed with Christmas, but not for the real reason to be obsessed with Christmas. They're obsessed with commercialism. They're uh, obsessed with tradition and, and peer pressure. That is what it is. And I think that what we got to see and why seeing this backstory of him is so important is it is showing what that can do to somebody if you're not careful. It be- the focus became on you need to look a certain way, you need to act a certain way, you need to be a part of all of this. It even reminds me honestly of Bad Santa, because that Bad Santa to me feels like the real Grinch adaptation, if you want to talk about like pure evil turned into, maybe I should be a better person, is is the idea that all of that can breed and foster and push out the, the most others of our society and 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 it really takes recentering and remembering why we celebrate this time of year to bring us all back I, that to me is what i loved about this. this is why i actually love the quote unquote production soulless sets it makes sense this is supposed to look like a f- like how fake does it look when you go to like a beverly hills or like in dallas highland park is like the super like fancy place <laughs> hell of lights you didn't do it you paid somebody a grand to make this crazy winter wonderland it's why i like bad mom's christmas as well yeah because the because also christy uh christine uh, baranski plays the super soulless mom that puts up this massive party and is like i invited kenny g to play saxophone i got a sushi chef it's the worst part of the holiday season and pointing that out at the hypocrisy that is why i love this so much and it shows who the bite like who literally ends up being the victim of this that okay. is what's so beautiful about this i absolutely yeah.
2: agree and i also will say this It's smarter even than that because one thing you didn't touch on and it's a light touch, but it's a touch still the same. The Book of Who, there's a lot of not so subtle digs at people Mm. that follow institutions and sometimes maybe a religious aspect to how they look at their, you know, raison d'etre and how blindly following that. Like essentially with Cindy Lou Who, even though I despise the child, she's essentially (laughs) quoting Bible verses to a bigot. And the best part, you can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's p-h-i-l-o dot tv slash p-o-p-p-o-d-s to get 50% off your first month.
1: So we've talked about our favorite scenes, some scenes that steered us down the path of how we feel about this movie, and now I want to get into that behind-the-scenes element because something else that really bothers me upon rewatching it is now that I know what I know and I know how much Jim Carrey had to suffer in a makeup chair for nine hours a day to the point where they had to bring in a CIA operative to train him on relaxing techniques during interrogations just to get through the makeup job, not to mention the contact lenses the poor guy had to wear were super painful, and it's like, okay, maybe I can like the movie more than I did initially, but it's hard for me to rectify putting someone through the, oh, you got paid millions of dollars. I get it. It's still torture. 92 days of makeup, I think, is what it was over a year-long shoot, and it just seems... So laborious for a product that couldn't we have done this an easier way?
2: Well, Mark, not to ruin a good story with the truth, but I will say this. While I believe that Jim Carrey went through a torture situation And the fact that they did call in the CAA operative and the fact that one of the makeup artists did have to go to therapy. Like there is literally stories like this on so many movie sets, including another Ron Howard movie we got, Solo. The stories about how that movie went down are just as bad, if not worse. And... The one movie, the one award that this uh, movie got that was very, um, I would say, unanimous across the board was all of the makeup awards. They won the BAFTA, they won the Oscars because as an awards uh, editor, I can tell you guys this, that's the story. They make the story and they tell every single publication they can about how torturous this is so that they can win an Oscar. Mm, So I'm not saying that this probably wasn't true. But I am saying the reason why we know about it and the reason why there are so many articles, there are a ton of articles talking about the makeup and stuff is because at the time Universal was pushing out their awards campaign for this movie (laughs) and they're like, tell a story. This is the story that they tell. And a makeup artist in therapy, everybody in Hollywood's in
4: therapy. Move on. I, that, that's, that's real. <laughs> like everybody, and if you're not, now I'm actually scared of you. Those are the ones yes. that actually lose their minds and start cussing people out on set. You clearly have not been in therapy. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> But, Absolutely, but see, like, I feel like th- if anything this this goes back to the idea of anything that you are really trying to I'm not saying that it should be torturous, but anything that you are like working towards takes a lot of like hard work and dedication and sometimes pain. The fact that yeah. they won all these awards for the makeup, I get it. like i'd like I like you said, I get it, you're being paid millions of dollars to do this. But here's the other things you get. You're getting to play an iconic character that people like pop culture character that people love you did win oscars for this like that's even though he didn't get the oscar he's a part of that because he was the canvas so there's something to be said about that and the, the, and he won an
2: award. He did he a right. couple awards. He did. He was, he TV was nominated movie award.
1: for a Golden Globe for, uh, yeah. for 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 best actor in a comedy. Which yeah, it, it's all nice stuff on your resume. It just, I, I, I guess that my my issue with it was I never saw in the final product the value of someone having to go through that much, especially with the modern techniques you had. I mean, you you could make him do anything you wanted to in The Mask five years before this. And it didn't seem nearly as (laughs) tough to get the makeup because most of that was CGI. Well, and that, but I think that that's the problem is you
4: wanted in the same way that we are so in love with Grogu right now, because spoiler alert, that's the name of the child from the Mandalorian. (laughs) It's because he's a puppet. Like if we had CGI Grogu, nobody is falling in love with him in the same way. This is the same thing. You need the practicality. He is such a physical actor. Like, Jim carried through most of the mask, like you said, the moments that we actually find hilarious are the moments where it's clearly Jim in whatever green makeup on his face Mm -hmm. doing that physical comedy. It's less the, you know, Looney Tunes wolf mouth drop. Like, that's funny. But the the stuff is him actually doing the conga dance with with the police and him actually dancing with uh, uh, Cameron Diaz and stuff like that. That's the stuff that we find really funny. Um, And and actually. Yeah. yeah, uh No, go uh ahead.
2: Nope. No. No, I was just say, actually, that you mentioned that. I call shade, I call BS even more, and Lucy knows about this one because <laughs> they won Oscars for the makeup, but Jim Carrey did that with his face. And Lucy, like, literally asked the question that set the internet ablaze. Lucy, if you want to break down your Jim Carrey
0: face story. Oh, yeah, I think I mentioned it previously, maybe in the Ace Ventura episode, but ultimately... Yeah. We were talking about Halloween costumes and Dr. Robotnik and like, what do you think when kids dress up like the characters you've played? And uh, that's when he like leaned forward and was like, kid parents are always like, that's that's the guy that plays the Grinch. And then he did the face, the smile, that famous like, you know, rings around his mouth kind of thing. And I didn't really think much of it at the time other than just like, oh, that just made me really happy sitting in the chair across from him. And, like, to this day now, I see people, like, taking that clip and being like, did you guys know that it wasn't just the makeup? It was also, like, he did this with his face. Like, people thought, like, all of it was kind of, like, either a combination yeah. of practical or CGI
1: really? effects,
0: which is really cool. That yeah That makes
1: it worse for me. That and like, <laughs> yeah. It was great, but it makes it worse for me. You could have just slapped some green paint on the poor guy and glued some hair to his face and then he's already the Grinch. He can do anything unless you're telling me that he had to suffer through 90 days of that makeup in order to make his face be oh. able to do that on its own. No,
2: but Mark, Rick what do Baker you want? won that Oscar shadily. But I Mark, shade.
4: I gotta ask, what do you want, man? You, you Did you want this to be a, an X-Men Dark Phoenix and, and it'd be like, let's put him in the chair for two hours because, you know, whatever, Let, we'll just half-ass it. He ain't gonna be blue. We'll make him turkey, he ain't gonna be green. You know, we'll make him like a sea like foam. You know what I'm saying? Like, is that what you wanted? Because that, that wouldn't have looked nearly as good like that's why we clown Jennifer Lawrence for just being like I'm too big for this now you know you can just just give me a quick letter I, re-
2: <laughs> I remember that remember look it's very like Will Smith and Deadshot Sylvester Stallone and the first Judge Dredd when that's the money you don't want to put it behind all that makeup I'm just saying
1: But when Idris
2: was in Star Trek, they had no problem with that. I don't
1: know. (laughs) Right. I'm just saying there's certain people. I think I can speak for all of us when I say the main thing that we did want out of this movie was to see what the Grinch's ass cracked looks like. And and, and we got to see that. We got to see the Grinch's butt crack. But more importantly, we got to see something that I think had social media been around in 2000 would have been similar to the Grogu Mandalorian situation and that we saw baby Grinch and baby Grinch being delivered and having that little mishap in mid-flight, that near miss, as pilots would say, it kind of tugs at your heartstrings. And baby Grinch is sort of a door. I would adopt, you know how I feel about children. I would adopt baby Grinch and raise that poor Grinch as my own.
0: Also, really quick, you like how a baby was delivered to a swingers party? Did you guys catch that? (laughs) I did not catch
4: that. His
0: moms are having a swingers party in the movie. And everyone's like, (laughs) Like kind of like pinching each other and like laughing and giggling and then they're all dropping their keys in a bowl. <laughs> I didn't know that until I rewatched it. Wait a yeah. minute! Now I have to watch this movie again. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's very subtle. Also, let's talk about it. Um, back in two thousand, this fair. movie embraced booty lingus, as I will care delicately say. Way more th- like that was weird.
4: Wait, when did you That they, was strange. Maybe I missed
2: dog, that too. The when- dog. The dog.
3: The mayor
2: and the yeah. dog. He made yeah. the dog give him booty lingus. Oh, there's, now, granted, the booty so. lingus there's, there's
1: there's a motorboat scene, and that was the only yep. scene apparently that Mrs. Seuss was not a fan of in the original one. As I watch Lucy cringe because we probably have to edit that out. But look, we're just spitting facts here. OK, I mean, it's we're truth.
4: Just- I mean, but like, that's even the other thing that I think that is so beautiful about this in the fact that, like, not only are we being so progressive, like, let's just take it on even a level up that maybe we're already overlooking just because we're, we're, we're happy how we've progressed. The fact that he had two moms and that they, that they like actually had that, that's not something that we're seeing in 2000. That's mm-hmm. absolutely amazing how progressive that was. And I think that even that, and, and, and on, on the fact that, like, not only did they, You know, they did the best to raise him and make him like even when he saw them, he instantly still like his heart started to kind of start beat to started to beat in a certain way and how much they loved him and tried to instill like solid values in him. Like that's that's just another thing about this movie that I thought was so brilliant.
1: Okay, mm. y'all are really doing a great job of making me rethink this. And <laughs> listeners of the podcast know that I am malleable with certain movies. Like when when we had uh, your your co-host on on Boards in the Hood, Winston, when we had Jay Washington on, I will not bend nor break for Vampire in Brooklyn because I think that's a fresh <laughs> movie and that deserves to be fresh. This movie, though, I I, I just never really revisited it since we bought it on DVD. The Ellis family bought it on DVD. We didn't see it mm. in the theater. I, I guess it was the next Christmas. Christmas. Christmas when we bought it on DVD because we were so sure it's the Grinch, it's Jim Carrey. what's to lose? And it just fell flat for us, for for us Alice folk. And maybe it's just because we were so attached to the Boris Karloff original. Maybe it's because we didn't see the Grinch as a sympathetic character in that way. Mm. Maybe we hated the Who's. I'm not sure exactly what it was, but the rewatch and hearing you all talk about it, it's my heart is not there yet, but it's. It's getting closer. It is inching closer hey, man. to an appreciation for this movie. And folks, I just want to remind everybody, it's partially sabotage because Winston and Jacqueline did team up and they're both wearing green today, <laughs> making me feel ironically like the Grinch who's not wearing green because God forbid I'm not wearing green. It's like a, a month long St. Patrick's Day, apparently, where you have to wear green every day or else you hate Christmas.
4: Look, man, and all again. I got. It, it it took it took what 80 minutes for the Grinch's heart to grow two sizes larger. So if we can get it done in an hour, I think we've done our job. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's 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 where I'm at.
2: <laughs> oh, and also can we also talk about Jim Carrey giving us all of his Sanford and Son realness? Like
0: I practically was ready when his
2: so when his heart grows at the very end. This is again just about how great Jim Carrey is, but at the very end like After the Who starts singing and Christmas is real, even without presents, his heart starts growing. And Jim Carrey literally is like basically pretending he's having a heart attack, which I thought, again, was so brilliant because that's exactly what it would feel like. Like you enlarged his heart over like five (laughs) seconds, and he is, again, he is given Red Fox in Sanford and Son, Elizabeth! He's given it for all of that. (laughs) It was Sanford and Son realness. I was just waiting for him to say Elizabeth. I just was like, please (laughs) tell me they had a take,
0: (laughs) in which they did that.
1: Uh, Help me! I'm feeling! (laughs) And what happened then? Well, in Whoville they say, that the Grinch's small heart grew three sizes that day. <laughs> <laughs> and that's probably Jim Carrey relying on his, his love of, of stand-up and obviously knowing who Red Fox is, because Red Fox, great on Samford and Son, All-time comedy Mm -hmm. legend. He is Mm -hmm. in the mythology, not just with onstage performances, but according to stories I've heard from the 70s at the Comedy Store, legendary um, bar patron in the back. So, <laughs> yeah. Red Fox had all the bases covered. Let's talk quickly about Jim Carrey, not necessarily in the context of being the best Grinch ever. If y'all feel that way, please let me know, but if we had to make this movie again now we're 20 years later, and I think it's going to be a while before if ever we see another live action version of the Grinch because we just had a couple of years ago another animated one that I mm-hmm. did like a lot with Benedict Cumberbatch voicing the role. Who do we cast today if and Jim Carrey can certainly well, we'll take Jim Carrey out of the running. So I'm sure he could still pull off a great Grinch and maybe we'll cast him as the Grinch's grandpappy or something. But for a new Grinch, who do you have? Jacqueline, I'm going to start the bidding at your man crush. Bill Hader would do a great Grinch smile.
2: Y'all were so about this. Like, they just, let me tell y'all listeners this right now. The entire production staff of this show is so interested in me talking about my thirst for Bill Hader. And so I'll let me tell you all here right now, yes, I love the man and would do anything to just sit and talk movies with him. Maybe oh, more sure. if you wanted yeah, to that love sounds, me. Yeah, that
1: sounds like what y'all would do. Listen,
2: sure. listen. But no, I don't think he would be the good Grinch because <laughs> I feel like that would just be a Jim Carrey impersonation. Um, I don't feel that that's really what he's good at. I think he would play a great who, Whovian. Um, he did a recent Christmas movie, Noel, with Anna Kendrick, where he played uh, Santa's reluctant apprentice. Um, and so I like the idea of Bill Hader in a Christmas movie. But I actually think we should do a female Grinch for once again.
1: I was just thinking that. I was just and, thinking and the- that.
2: And the person I want to get, and I apologize, I don't know her name because all I recognize her from is her TikToks. But it's the new girl on SNL who does the Drew Barrymore impression and the uh, the girl from Ty...
4: Not Heidi, Gardner, not Heidi Gardner, uh, the other one. Um, Lucy um,
2: can look it up, but either way, we'll we'll get it. She's the new star of SNL, and I just want to see her do the Grinch. Either her or Kate McKinnon. I just feel like either one of them would give us a very funny, interesting Grinch. And I, I would like, like that
1: Kate that. McKinnon call. I'm a big yeah. Kate McKinnon fan. I think yeah. that's a great, but the other one, Winston, when Jacqueline brought up a, casting a female Grinch, possibly, my first thought was, let's just see what Christine Baranski wants to do with it because I think she'd be a great Grinch. As she was great as Martha Mayhew, not to be confused with <laughs> Martin Mayhew, Super Bowl winning cornerback for the Washington football team. <laughs> See? But See? She, I think she could pull off a great Grinch, Winston.
4: I, I don't think that that's a bad choice. If we're going to go SNL, because um, I have I have three options now that, that I think would be wonderful. If we're going to SNL, honestly, after seeing what I've seen in Supermarket Sweep, Leslie Jones, fam. I feel like she has that same manic energy. Yeah. I feel like she has the facial yes. expressions when people are telling her that she's not a part of it. What do you say to me? Oh, yeah. I'm She show can you believably Christmas. pull
2: pull off, I don't like people. Yes. Which I think is a key part of the <laughs> Grinch. Like yes, you right. have to say outwardly in your demeanor, go away. Exactly. Um and the woman thank you Lucy from SNL is Chloe Fineman. Chloe Fineman. She's new, which is the reason why I couldn't remember her name. Next year I will I will have her name um committed to memory.
4: No, for sh- the, the Chloe Feynman is a great choice. Uh if yeah. my other two options that I was thinking of and I'm trying to think same kind of manic energy, physical comedy, facial expressions, um my two options would be uh Parks and Rec alum and and Star Lord himself Chris Pratt. I think he also has that physicality that would work really well. But my top choice personally has been probably my favorite actor in the last decade or so, and that's Donald Glover. Donald Glover, I think about all of his Troy physicalities and all that stuff from Community. I think about what I've seen him attitude-wise in Atlanta, like just the creative juices that he has going in general throughout his career, especially recently. I think that he could bring so much life to the Grinch. And it would just be a completely different take on it, but it would be equally as entertaining. I think that like any of the three of them would blow this out of the water.
2: I agree with you on Donald Glover. He would be a softer, more like social anxiety. I don't like people. But when you said that, it made me think, but we could get a Dave Chappelle Grinch. (laughs) that would be a perfect marriage between a Samuel L. Jackson and a Donald Glover Grinch. And I like that, like some peanut butter and chocolate type synergy right there. Um, I just also wanted to add with Christine Baranski uh, to watch these movies a lot at the times and Kill Two Birds, One Stone. I do like uh, Netflix parties where I watch with a friend of mine. And so I actually watched this with a friend of mine where we were kind of like catching up. And they literally in the middle of the movie were like, is that Mary Catherine Gallagher and Leonard's mom.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that is Molly Shannon. And I'm not
2: going to lie to you. I just die. They're like Leonard's mom, which Christine Baranski, who has a storied career and tons of credits, but they knew them uh, they knew her as uh, Leonard's mom from the Big Bang Theory. I just thought that was like two of the greatest like random pulls. As you can tell, this person doesn't watch a lot of film and television. <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: like, I, I like that call. Now now my head's going in all sorts of different directions. So I'll, I'll close up this segment by saying that I, while I, 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 I see Chris Pratt more as like the dad of Cindy Lou Who, just like a, a schlubby Who. Mm. I, as the mayor of Whoville, I want someone who can sing, who can dance, who you think you're going to walk into this movie loving, and that would be huge. Jackman He's my mayor of, of Whoville Ooh. but I, I don't hate the Dave Chappelle call at all for, yeah. for being. But, but now that Winston's got me down this MCU rabbit hole, Robert Downey, Jr., I think, would be a really cool grinch to, to watch. I, I think he may be a little bit past the not past the age to play him, but it's like now we've seen him as Sherlock Holmes and we've seen him as Dr. Doolittle, and it's mm-hmm. like at some point you, you want a, a fresher face in there, maybe.
4: But see, I would oh. see, I, I thought about that for half a second. I think he'd actually be a good mayor. I think okay. back to that yeah. book scene where he's like, yeah. well, it's in there. You just have to believe me. I literally got Tony Stark vibes of like, don't don't challenge me. Get out of my face. Like, yeah. I think he would play an awesome mayor. Like, it would be nice to see him as a villain for once. You know, I, think I would also has, like you know- to see
2: him do, you know, booty lingus with Matt.
4: <laughs> I would
1: enjoy
2: that. I know that says a little bit too much about me, but I would enjoy that. And well, I'm glad you I brought up Max be because
1: Max, I, I told everybody at the top of the show, I had some information to reveal about the beloved dog, Max, who, let's face it, is the real star of any Grinch feature or car- cartoon. Max is actually a female dog named Kelly. Max is a female Which 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 now bugs me to my core, because every time I walk Molly, the wonder dog and everybody's like, oh, what's his name? It's like, what can we just stop assuming that, you know, the gender of my dog? How about you ask, what's your dog's name or your dog's cute? What's the dog's name? So Max is a woman.
2: I mean, best part of the movie. Not surprised. (laughs) surprised.
4: I was I I was going to say, look look again, ladies just not getting the credit they deserve. That's that's true that she
2: probably got paid less than the male dogs, too.
1: Held down in listen. Hollywood. I hate
2: you for that. I hate Wait, you for wait, that. wait. Listen,
1: it's true. We're about to close up shop here. I do want to give a shout out to Rita Ryak, who did the costume designing and Rick Baker, the the amazing legendary effects artist who did the special makeup effects, and everyone who did the makeup on Jim Carrey. I know it must have felt like torture for him, but y'all did an amazing job. And I will say that how the Grinch stole Christmas from nineteen sixty six. Is 100% on the tomato meter, which is kind of a given. Can y'all name the next highest Dr. Seuss film that is on the tomato meter? Because he's only got two other ones. He had The Grinch in 2018, which is barely fresh at 60%. And then there's only one other fresh movie of Dr. Seuss's catalog. Here's a
4: Who. That would be my guess.
1: Here's a Who at 80%. The Lorax, which I thought was great was 54% on the tomato meter. And then you have what I just blocked out of my memory, the Mike Myers cat in the hat from 2003 at a lowly 9%. So I don't think that I did a good job at all of swaying Jacqueline or Winston or Lucy to my rotten side of the equation. But now the query remains. Does Mark still think that Jim Carrey and Ron Howard's How the Grinch Stole Christmas is rotten And I don't think so. I think I'm going fresh with it. I think my heart has grown just enough. There's a lot of issues I still have with this movie, but you're right. The performance of Jim Carrey, the way that we're categorizing the who's as people who do need some growing up and the interaction between Max and anybody is just enough to get me to fresh. Maybe it's the Christmas spirit. Maybe it's that I've had my second iced tea already this morning, or maybe it's just (laughs) the fact that I have to stare at Winston's sweater for an hour and that is winning me over. So Winston Marshall, you have <laughs> yes, done your job today, sir. You made you you made this Grinch come down off the mountain and say, "Yeah, okay, I can get into this version of how the Grinch stole Christmas." So where can everybody I wasn't going to give you a social media plug unless you won me over. So now that I have been won over, you have the floor, sir. Where can all the kids find out all the wonderful work you're
4: doing? Oh my goodness! I feel like I just won an Oscar for best debate. (laughs) Uh, First of all, I want to thank uh, you know, thank Lord and Savior. You know what I'm saying? Thank my mama. You know, uh, my manager. Uh, No, you can find me on uh, the socials at the swaggy blurred t h e s w a g g y b l e r d. That's Instagram, Twitter. Uh letterbox, I like to do uh fun little reviews and stuff like that. I'm currently going through. I do a Christmas movie a day, the day after Thanksgiving. People go Black Friday shopping. I watch a Christmas movie up until Christmas. So one each um, day? Yeah. I've actually Ooh. missed I missed I missed yesterday, so I'm doing a double feature today once we wrap up here. Um but yeah, uh, I, you know, you can find me on all of those. Uh, I also co-host, as, as Mark mentioned earlier, uh, a show called Blurreds in the Hood, Tuesdays and Thursdays at 2 p.m. Pacific. Uh, again, if you find me on Twitter, I'll, you'll find links to that show. Uh, but where we just, it's two Blurreds, me and Jay Washington, we just break down pop culture, music, politics, whatever, but from a Blurred's point of view. So if anybody's ever been to a black barbershop before, imagine that. But instead of being like, man, you see city, she, she kind of fine, like to more like, man, you see, you know, they out here trying to take away all health care. That's crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a more <laughs> it's a more rounded conversation like that. So when
1: I guessed it on Boards in the Hood, would that would that frame me as the old guy in the barbershop and coming to America who was defending Rocky Marciano getting to beat any other boxer? I can't wait for that. And now I need you on the show immediately.
4: Like, that's, I am now so excited for that. Are you free tomorrow? Like, that's, that would
1: be great, dog. You can talk to my agent. Her name is Jacqueline. Um, <laughs> I love having you on the show today, Winston. Do you have a, because you've been watching all these Christmas movies, do you have a streaming recommendation that all the kids out there can can check out? Sure. So I, I guess in the neighborhood of the Grinch.
4: Sure. Uh, so then I would say probably... M- One of my favorite, my favorite Christmas movie by far is Christmas Vacation. That's the one that we watch every single year. So you should definitely check that out. But uh, I would say another movie that I believe is rotten and gets a bad rap, but is a brilliant movie for so many reasons. I gotta say the Arnold Schwarzenegger Sinbad classic Jingle All The Way. That film is absolutely phenomenal. And that you should definitely check that out. And if you're looking for something not so holiday themed and you're maybe a little bit more of an adult person, I can't recommend enough FX is a teacher. It is so chilling to watch how this relationship between a teacher and a student uh, evolves and how it has a ripple effect throughout not only the two people involved, but the entire community. um and and you know, now this is just is really diving into a very serious topic. So those would be my two things. Jingle all the way. And a teacher. I giving you something really light and something really dark, just in case. So who, who knows what mood you're in? Uh,
1: speaking of Whoville, in this movie, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, you can watch it on Fandango now and Voodoo. It's available right now. So it, gather whoever you can or be social distant and be safe about it and pull a Jacqueline and just zoom it up and watch it with your friends wherever they are and enjoy it that way. I think that's how a lot of people are doing the holidays. And that sounds good with me. JC, where can all the kids find you?
2: Uh, sorry. When you said JC, I was like, who's JC? (laughs) (laughs) It's
1: my agent. Jacqueline, not Jackie. It's that Jacqueline.
2: No, anyone can find me at that Jacqueline on all forms of social media. And I also just want to give a special shout out to Ron Howard, who 20 years ago had probably one of the worst shoots ever and then decided to sign up for a repeat by going back and shooting solo. So props to Ron Howard for, you know, battling through some rough some rough filming things and still making good movies way to go
1: I'd like to see Han Solo and the Grinch have an adventure in outer space at some point uh, for everyone here. We love hearing from y'all. We love getting your emails. We love when y'all hit us up on social media. Anytime you can just go to RT is wrong at rotten tomatoes.com. That's our email address here. RT is wrong at Rotten tomatoes.com. Let us know how we're doing. Let us know what movies you want us to be talking about into the new year. What is fresh that you think is just rotten or what's a rotten movie that you think deserves more love? We want to hear from you because we're here for you, the audience. I am at Mark Ellis Live. We've got a big New Year's Eve show coming up that I'm going to be doing some virtual stand up on. Maybe you see our esteemed guest today, Winston Marshall, on that. Who knows if he's available to ring in the new year with me? Producer Lucy, Jacqueline Coley, Christian Ruvalcaba and everybody working so hard for us behind the scenes. We appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Make sure you rate, review, like us wherever you digest your podcast. And until next time, I'm Mark Ellis saying happy holidays and occasionally you Grinches be like me and come off from the top of your mountain. <laughs>